This is episode 73 of the Kindred Mom podcast. I'm your host, Emily Sue Allen. Hi there, friends. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Kindred Mom podcast. I am so glad that you're here, and I hope that the following conversation brings you encouragement and new ideas about how you can cultivate peaceful relationships with your kids. Our guest is Wendy Snyder. She is the founder of Fresh Start Families Online. She is such a wealth of information and has so many resources to offer moms who are kind of in the thick of raising their little ones, how to cultivate emotional intelligence and um, just build solid relationships with our kids. So Lindsay Cornett and I have interviewed her and we hope that you enjoy the following conversation. Thanks so much for listening. So we've been talking about how to invest ourselves in a peaceful home environment and that is part of the series that we're going through over on kindredmom.com. And today we have a really special guest that we'd love to introduce our listeners to. She is a mama and someone who invests in parents to help them learn how to navigate things uh, with their children. Um, So please welcome Wendy Snyder. Hi, ladies. So nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to have you and I'm really grateful to have Lindsay Cornett along who's part of our Kindred Mom team. And so as we jump into this topic, I'd love for you to give us a little background on what you do and your family, the stage of motherhood that you're in, whatever you're willing to tell us. Yes, I would love to. So as you said, my name is Wendy Snyder. I'm the founder of FreshStartFamilyOnline.com, which is a website that helps families um, learn the work of positive parenting curriculum Mm -hmm. and incorporate it into the daily fabric of their lives as parents. And um, it's been just a joy, something that I feel so honored to be able to have created that company. Um, I am so passionate about being a educator of positive parenting curriculum. And I truly can say that I love, love, love what I do. I love being able to support families as they learn this work and um, just really harness the power of kindness and compassion and grace and connection within their family units. So I um, I created Fresh Start Family about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's kind of a funny story. I found the work of positive parenting when I was in kind of in the pits of parenting, so to speak. I had a really strong-willed little girl. Her, her name is Stella. <laughs> yes, when she came into the world, I swear you could feel her strength from day one. We had a really, really hard birth. And, um, you know, when she was a baby and you would hold her, you could almost feel like she was like a muscly baby, whereas our friend's babies would be like little tubs of butter and just goo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I swear from the beginning, she had this, you know, really beautiful, strong will. But the, um, the problem is, is that we didn't always see it as a beautiful, strong will. So, um, you know, about a decade ago is when I just found myself in total despair about parenting. She was a toddler. I just had my second child and he had colic too. So we ended up getting two colicky babies. How crazy is that? I don't, I don't need a lot of people <laughs> <that> too. <laughs> 
Um, so by the time she became a toddler, I decided to stay home from my career. I decided I was going to take a break and just be with my babies for a while and thought it's going to be lovely and amazing. And we live in sunny Southern California. And I was like, we're going to be on the beach every day. And the kids are going to be napping and the house is going to be clean. And I'm just going to live this like incredible stay at home mom life. And before long, it just was like, couldn't be farther from the reality. And, um, I just found myself very anxious and um, angry a lot, bitter, just really irritated with my little girl in particular, um, who again was about three at the time. Um, Just hopeless. I felt very alone and just almost like disgusted that this is what my parenthood had, like my parenthood journey had turned into. And it was out of that pit of despair and really like darkness that um, God used that time in my life to really open my eyes to just um, to learning, to growth, to to understanding that there was a lot I needed to learn, a lot I needed to do to soften my heart towards my daughter. And once I found the work of positive parenting curriculum, that's when everything changed for me. And so um, as we went to a few classes, the first class I went to was called Redirecting Children's Behavior here in San Diego, California. And it just like the light just started to come back to my days. And I realized that there was we had just been really seeing the situation not in the healthiest light. Um, we had used what we had inherited from our own parents. And that was really kind of the, you know, autocratic fear and force model of if, you know, Stella was acting up, we just needed to like double down mm-hmm. on authority and, <laughs> um, yeah. And like, you know, if she was out of control, we needed to get her into control. And it was just like not a very humble state at all. And so um, thank God we found this work because after a few months, after a while of practicing it, we just really started to change. Mostly me. Yeah. I was the crazy one at the time. <laughs> My husband's the mellow one. I'm like the kind of the wild one in our relationship. But When I started to change, then naturally my daughter started to change. So after a few years of doing that and practicing this in our home, I realized that I really needed to teach this work and spread this light out into the world that parents are at choice with how they parent, how they raise their children. And there are this all of these these wonderful tools and and curriculum out there that will teach you how to be both firm and kind with your kids without having to rely on fear and force every day to get them to comply. And so that's when I became a teacher. I became certified in um, a few different positive parenting programs and then went on to also get certified as a life coach. And then I, I founded Fresh Start Family online because I wanted to, I really felt God was calling me to really help people all over the world, not just in my local town, but the families that were maybe like in a small town in Alabama or Australia or Europe that had like, there was not a positive parenting teacher, you know, um, 300,000, like a a long way away that they were never going to learn this work unless I provided it to them in a way um, that they could do that. So that's when I founded Fresh Start Family Online about two years ago. And I created the Foundations course, which is a four module online positive parenting course. Um, Jesus Guided Parenting is my supplemental course for Christian families. Um, And then I also have a membership program where I get to help families once they 
they learn the curriculum, then they get to come into the membership and really walk the walk on a consistent basis, ask questions, get supported, really just be in the lifestyle more than just doing kind of a one and done coursework because we all know when we're raising young people, <laughs> it's, it's not a one and done process. Yes, it's an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. And I just so appreciate you giving some context to what brought you to this work and why you're so passionate about it. It's it's really vulnerable to share. This is how I've struggled and this is what I've learned. And that's something that we really value at Kindred Mom. It's, we're kind of a collective group of women who are seeking to encourage and empower moms where they're at in their motherhood journey. So we just really appreciate you being here and sharing your experience with us. And Lindsay, I'd love for you to lead us off with some of the questions we have for Wendy. Yeah. Well, I really relate and resonate with a lot of your story because I have one extremely strong-willed, very spirited child. And parenting him can just honestly be exhausting pretty much every single day. And I feel like we're in a pretty good season right now, but there have been times where when you said despair, that you felt despair, I really resonated with that because that is how I have felt. And I imagine that there are moms listening who feel that way right now and who, I don't know, I got to a point where I would almost roll my eyes and say like, okay, if one more person tells me to read this specific (laughs) book, I might lose it, you know? And I'm just imagining that there are some moms who are, who are in that spot. And I'm wondering like, just right off the bat, if there's a mom who feels like she has got to turn something around, like what would be the first thing? Like, where could she begin? Yeah. It's a a really good question Um, because, you know, yeah, I remember many, many times when I was in that pit, having people say to me, and it's funny, I I get emotional even thinking about that time, Mm -hmm. but like um, right now, like, so as we're the day we're recording this, my little girl's homesick from school. The one that all my stories are about, she's literally an angel to our family. She's an angel to the world. She's been one of my greatest teachers, but I remember like, so her grandma's coming to pick her up soon to take her to her house and love on her. Um, But I remember there was a time when I was in that pit and Stella was a toddler and my mother-in-law said to me, you know, what's like, you just, you need to go get help or you need to like, you shouldn't say things like that. Or I remember one time I posted, you know, someone, someone says that I'm going to miss these years when they're, when they're little, but I don't know about it. Like, I can't wait till I'm through this. Like, I'm, I'm so sick of it. And I remember Mm -hmm. the exact day. I remember how I tried to take them to this restaurant just to get like a sushi roll. I just wanted a sushi roll. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And my husband was working these long hours and I was just like bitter and miserable. And I was so like, I just didn't want to hear from anybody. Like, just, you need to like be more positive or you need to like, like you said, read this book or do whatever. But I think, Mm -hmm. you know, when you just, something's got to change. I think everyone has a breaking point where you realize like, okay, I'm in a really unhealthy state. And that's what I love, like with my voice at Fresh Start Family is I love to get people to the super vulnerable place where they are like, that's it. Like, I'm done. I'm done with this repetitive, like, season of misery and just not stepping out mm-hmm. of it. Because, yes, 
to like actually step into a program or to purchase a course or to actually like commit to getting through a full book. Like it can be exhausting in a season when you just don't, you just want it all to be better. You just want your kid to stop tantruming. You just want, you know, life to not be so chaotic. You just want to take a shower. You just want to be able to like go to church uninterrupted without the toddler like tantruming. And, um, but you got to step into learning. Like there is no other way. You have to get into a program or get supported by people who get you and know what you're going through and can help you turn, you know, turn it around, so to speak. Um, and that's going to state, that's going to take a really high state of vulnerability and saying like, I really, I really need help. Like I'm, you know, every, I think most of us are familiar with the, you know, you're at the grocery store and your neighbors, like where you run into your neighbor and they're like, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm pretty good. Well, <laughs> I encourage people. We all know that. Yeah. yeah. When like in reality, you're like, no, I'm, I'm like miserable. I'm really worried about my child. Like I'm worried that there's something wrong with him or I'm worried that like everyone's judging me and and whatever it is, but like, just get real with it and say husband or, or yourself, like, I really need to do some learning and, and here's a course that I want to do, or here's, um, there's a local class that I want to go to. I need you to support me. Why I, I take three Thursdays to go to this class or I'm really involved in weekend life coaching work. You know, it's like, ask the people around you to help you because you, it's just, the seasons, they do come and go as far as like kids go. You know, once you, you get your all your kids to age five, I think as long as you're practicing positive parenting, I think life gets a lot easier because they can all go to the bathroom. They can buckle their own pants. They can, you know, get in the car seat by themselves, things like that. But at the same time, like seasons don't always just come and go unless you step into learning and realize that, um, it's, it's just something that you got to intentionally do. It, it, it just doesn't fix itself overnight. And, and in my opinion, um, formal education classrooms are really the, the way to start getting yourself um, changing things around. Well, one thing I feel like you're saying without saying, and you can correct me if I have this wrong, but I think there are so many times that we have problems or issues in front of us and we just want a quick fix right in that moment. And I think you're describing needing a deeper, more internal um, kind of change of our hearts. And I do think that absolutely a formal class like you're talking about can help accomplish that. But I also think that just recognizing when something is, is not a surface level problem. If it's not a surface level problem, then it doesn't need a surface level answer. You know, that the the work that happens Mm -hmm. much deeper in our souls is a really essential part of being able to take meaningful steps forward. And I'm curious to know if when it comes to engaging in this positive parenting process, um, what do you think most contributes to calm in the home, especially um, as you're just getting started with it. So number one thing that you just hit the nail on the head is that you have to kind of be willing to just get super vulnerable and start peeling back the layers of the onion, so to speak. And so a lot of times parents are struggling with like, reactivity in kids, for example, and, you know, they're, they're scratching their heads going, you know, why the, my kid keeps like smacking his sister when, you know, he doesn't get his way or, or the little, the little one takes the older one's toy or like the little one is just like goes into like these reactive tantrums or, um, you know, my, my, you know, six-year-old, um, 
you know, is keeps getting in trouble for yelling, yelling at his, you know, classmates or talking in class. And what, what I love to start with, with families is number one, there does have to be a really big paradigm shift. And what, what's hard is that culture for ages and ages has taught us that, you know, kids who are misbehaving are being naughty, they're being bad, they're disobedient, they're being disobedient. It's like phrases like, you know, they know how to push our buttons and things like that. Um, it really has, I think, caused some, some just really, it set us back. So we have to start with the idea that children are not out to get us. They're not trying to push our buttons. They're not trying to be bad. They're not trying to be naughty. They're just trying to get their needs met. We're all trying to get our needs met. And they're, they're little, their brains are developing. They're just, they have to figure out how to communicate in healthy ways, just like we do. So we're, it's almost like this even playing ground. I think when you have children, most of us would say that there's nothing like it that like kind of knocks you down to the ground and, and humbles you, right? It's like, Whoa, I was never a yeller until I had kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I swear I was like this positive, like happy girl, like very, like pretty mellow. And then I had kids and I was like, what happened to me? So there's, I think when little human souls challenge you and challenge your authority and, and, and again, they're developing their independence, they're developing their autonomy. So it's natural. It's part of their development. Um, but there's nothing that like breaks you and challenges you. And, and I love the saying of, um, you know, with a tea bag, you never really know what the flavor of the tea bag is until you dip it in boiling water. And that's kind of what happens. It's a process with parenthood that it becomes mm. this beautiful character building time and season if parents allow it to be. So what I'm getting at is, A, we have to change our paradigm. So that's what we really work with with families in the, in the get-go of like, hey, you, you and your child are on even playing ground here. You're both trying to figure out how to self-regulate. You're both trying to figure out how to process your emotions because many of us were not taught how to how to feel deeply and then how to actually communicate what we're feeling when that's necessary. As children, we're learning it as adults because that was just like the day and age. Now that's something we get to teach our kids, emotional literacy, but we're kind of all learning it together. Um, And so it becomes this very important process of working on yourself first if you want to expect there to be positive change within your children. So modeling is something that comes up pretty early in the game when I'm working with families. And again, that's where we get people to this very vulnerable state where they get to admit like, oh yeah, like I do grab wrists too tight or I do kind of push my kid down the, on the couch when I put him in timeout very aggressively or I do t- speak to my kids with an attitude a lot or I do scream at them when all the doors are closed and I think the neighbors can't hear or um, I am like, telling my children not to hit and then I'm hitting them like all these things that come to the table so like vulnerably and beautifully is where I can actually get parents to get successful results Um, because bringing that to the table and realizing that you have some work to do on yourself is not for a purpose of feeling shameful or being feeling bad or guilty because let's face it, like that's part of parenthood. You just mess up a lot. Yeah. Um, but you know, your, your internal (laughs) will tell you that it, when you go to bed at night and you don't feel great about how you acted or talk to your kids, like, I think that's God's way of talking to us and saying, Hey, I'm, I got something for you to work on. So come on over. Like I'm I'm knocking on the door. I love the, like thinking about Jesus knocking on the Mm. door, like, Hey, Hey, can I come in? It's like, yeah, 
Uh, come in, help me, because I don't know why this little 27-pound <laughs> t- soul ignites this anger in me, but it does. So that's the kind of stuff. So once I get families like to that vulnerable state where they're able to say, okay, I'm going to try to stop yelling. And then a few months down the road is when they actually see their children stop yelling or when they stop grabbing wrists too tight, they see their children stop grabbing wrists too tight. And that's where you can actually become a very strong leader and teacher of your home is when you're practicing what you preach. But that beginning point is kind of, so I don't even know if I answered your girl's question. That was a very long answer, but (laughs) there's so much good stuff in there. Um, I want to circle back around to that idea that you mentioned of emotional literacy and emotional intelligence, Um, because this is something that I am learning a lot as a parent, Um, I think in part because my kid is so strong-willed, but even if he wasn't, I think that when I was growing up, I was really just kind of taught to like stuff it, to stop crying, suck it up, move on. And I think that's part of my natural personality too. And so in my family, we try to work really hard on saying like, it's okay to be angry or it's okay to be sad, but it's not okay to hit or whatever, you know, the thing may be, or to say like, wow, I can see that you are feeling very angry right now. Um, But I know that I sometimes feel like I need other tools for teaching this emotional literacy. And sometimes we read books and sometimes we, um, you know, in a movie, we might say like, oh, look what they did when they were feeling angry. But I'm wondering like, are, do you have phrases that you use with your kids or resources or games that you play to really help them with their emotional literacy and to kind of get in touch with what they're feeling and expressing that? Yeah. Well, a few things come to mind. Number one is I would challenge us all to think of like the last time you said the statement, I feel blank in your normal life at any point. So not in like a teaching scenario, but like any time, you know, um, so example would be like, you know, a lot, I think a lot of us say I'm hungry, right? So that would be an easy one. We could we use, oh yeah, I said that yesterday, right before lunch, I feel hungry. Um, but when it comes to like, I feel happy, I feel sad, I feel scared, I feel angry. A lot of us aren't really modeling that in our homes a lot. So that's you, like, obviously you can hear what it, from, this is a recurring theme. That's like number one, what you have to start. And so a, a fun mm. practice of doing that is, is to like start doing it more. Um, and well, I'll start with this. So a lot of time, like early in the foundations course, we, um, we learn about like the importance of self-calming, which is something we cover later in the foundations course too, because it becomes one of our strongest compassionate discipline tools, self-calming versus externally controlled timeouts. But back in the beginning of the course, we talk so much about developing a self-regulation process of instead of reacting like a volcano, which is like fixing a situation fast, usually, you know, in ways that we're not so proud of later, we learn to like slow down and do what we call a pause button or a heart connector, where you like slow down, you think of a healthy intention, you put your hand on your heart, you take a deep breath, you create a space between the stimulus and the response. And then you move forward with how you want to act. But but within that space is where you get to start acknowledging how you are feeling. And most of the time, it's going to be one of those five. And it's oftentimes when we're like triggered in parenting, it's scared, angry, um, hurt. Hurt is also a big one. So um, that's the first step, right? Is just to start doing that. Like when you're when your kids are fighting and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the 17th time today. And I'm like about to freak out. You can instead like do it in front of them. Put your hand on their heart and say, I feel 
scared right now that you guys are going to hurt one another. And then take a deep breath, find a healthy intention, and then proceed with separating them, teaching them calming breaks, te- like all the stuff we teach. But um, but you can see how in that moment, like if you really ask yourself how many times you've said that in front of your kids, um, it's not a lot. So our kids are not able to learn how to do it. Um really easily if we're not doing that. And then, yes, there's, so another one of my favorites to do is once you start practicing that and teaching that to your kids and actually teaching them, like, what are the five basic emotions? And there's a, there's, there's a gazillion, but so we have like resources in our bonfire membership program. Just this month, we had um, emotion cards that are like small and cute and like you print them out and then you have them on a keychain. You can take them around with you. Um, But kids, like they don't necessarily always understand what it feels like to be hurt. Um, you know, there's common sayings like he hurt my feelings, but we teach children and adults to like totally take ownership. There's no one's responsible for your feelings. So we start to teach kids like, Oh, the feeling of hurt often comes after someone has said your shoes are ugly or called you fat at the skate park or whatever. Like these silly, like that's the feeling of hurt. And that's what it feels like. You feel it in your throat. You feel it like I feel it in my throat. Like it always is like, or, and I also do like a shoulders forward. Like it feels like someone stabbed me in the heart. Like how my shoulders go forward. And so this is kind of how you want to teach your kids. Like, this is what it feels like. This is an example. This is an example from my life or um, that kind of stuff. But kids will have an easier time starting to say how they feel if you do it not when they're in them, their amygdala. So that part of the brain that's responsible for like the fight, flight, or freeze, you know, the red zone mm-hmm. part of the brain, they're, they will become better at identifying how they're feeling when they're in that heightened state once they've practiced a ton when they're not in the heightened state. So for example, if you're going to like Legoland for the day or you're going to a birthday party or you guys are going to go to the zoo, you can make a proactive agreement that says like, hey guys, we're going to go have a fun day today. However, we need to we need to um, play the name game with feelings and we're just going to all day long, I'm going to start it and then we just need to make an agreement that we'll just say how we feel at that time. So as you're waiting in line to see the pandas, you say, okay, name game. Like, I feel excited. Um, Dad says, like, I feel happy. Someone else might say, I feel whatever. Like, but, um, and then you do it again when you're like waiting in line to get lunch, you know, and then you do it when you're leaving the zoo and it's like, oh, I feel sad. I don't want to leave. You know, like this is all examples of ways to get them used to identifying how they're feeling when they're not like, literally about to punch their brother in the face like that advanced practice that comes from doing the work more on a consistent basis and also seeing your mom and dad do the work on a consistent basis yeah yeah so many that's really good so many good insights and I wanted to say just because it it's the way that I think about what you're describing um that something that has helped me in the last couple years because I am a mom of seven children so my house is extra busy (laughs) and it's just I have really been thinking about parenting in terms of leadership that leadership principles apply in my house that you know if you were to go to a job and somebody is going to tell you all the things that you're not doing well you're not going to do a great job because you're going to be so like frustrated and discouraged 
manage, that you just can't do it, and that um, finding a way to encourage and support and inspire and come alongside someone, um, even when they're our child, like not saying that we don't have the authority and leadership role of a parent, but I just, it is something that has helped me soften my approach to helping them get on the same page, especially when there's so many siblings involved, (laughs) um, to just see how far inspiration can go. And you're talking so much about modeling and showing in really practical terms how to identify what you're feeling and how to talk about it. Um, I really love a lot of the insights that you shared there. I mostly just wanted to say that leadership principles apply (laughs) because just thinking about it in that way has changed for me the way that things happen in our house. Like if I'm if I'm modeling good leadership, then there is a much different result than if I am just telling everybody how it's going to be, which is not necessarily good leadership. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It's so true. Everything you said is so beautiful. And we we have to remember, especially with the strong-willed ones that are the ones that push back the most. And come on, let's be honest. We all, most, many of us, you know, have like, there's just some of our kids that have that. And some that are just more mellow, right? And it's not like a good or bad. It's not like the ones that are mellow and push don't push back are like the best, and the ones that push back and are strong-willed are the worst. It's just it's just their natural personality, and we have to remember that the strong-willed ones are probably the ones that are going to step into leadership in the future. They, they that's where they thrive. They have big needs to feel powerful. All, all human beings have big needs to feel powerful, but the ones that are the strong will, the, the ones that push back a lot, they are learning to be leaders by your leadership. And so these are our future leaders. These are our future pastors of churches. These are our future um, presidents of organizations, the future you know, presidents of nations. And, and it's amazing to think like what we model and the way we lead our families with true power, which means we influence our children to get on board and cooperate and comply instead of force them, then, I mean, it's just, I get so fired up to think about the future leaders that we are raising and what they're going to lead like through inspiration, through like everything you just said. It's it's really beautiful and, and inspirational for me too. Easier said than done, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> Hmm. One resource, Wendy, that I stumbled on on your website that I really loved. And so I wanted to draw some attention to it and make sure that whoever's listening to the podcast can get a chance to look at it too, is on your, right on your homepage, you have a link to download a, um, 20 phrases to use when your child isn't listening. And I downloaded that the other day. And I was telling Emily before you hopped on the call here that it was so helpful for me. There were some that I just needed to be reminded of, but then there were also some new ones for me that I thought were really good. One of the phrases on the page that I really loved was to say, what do you need to remember instead of be careful, which I thought was brilliant and really good. And then the other one that I keep using with my kids all the time is um, to tell them that that now we are on cheetah time instead of telling them to hurry up, to tell them that they need to go fast. And I actually have a child who's obsessed with sea creatures. And so he loves to tell me that sailfish are actually faster than cheetahs. And can we be on sailfish time instead? (laughs) I'm always like, yes, fine, whatever, do it. Um, So I just 
wondered if you, in that document, you talk a little bit about this idea of like mirroring um, and the importance of our children being our mirrors, which I think relates back to that um, emotional intelligence piece. But could you just talk about that maybe a little bit more? Yes, I want to talk about it all. What what should we talk about? The choices, the phrases, or the mirroring? Which one? (laughs) Are you asking about the the mirroring part of it? Yes, the mirroring. Well, yeah, I I love that list too. And I, I hear from parents all the time that they get like really instant results. That that list, again, it's available on the homepage, freshstartfamilyonline.com. You can grab it for free. But it's it's one of those areas that's like an easier quick fix, whereas a lot of people want the quick fix in all of it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like a lot of it. Like if you want to, if you want to stop the yelling habit, like it took me like eight years to stop yelling. So, but I love that list because yeah, you can get really instant results if you try some of those phrases out in this new way. And then other things that a lot of the stuff that I teach parents is is takes really commitment and time and courage to apply and, and change, create. And really, what that is is like when it comes to breaking painful generational cycles, so we can build family legacies. We're of that's the stuff that I'm talking about. Like, parent, families just have to realize that's going to take some time. But yeah, the, the list is a is a quick fix. It's awesome. And so, as far as mirroring goes, it's just it's. I think it's another beautiful gift from God that when our children um, have problems or challenges, if we can look at it as, oh, where do I see myself here? Then we are stepping into learning and growth instead of blame. And like um, trying to force people to change because trying to force people to change doesn't work. It really, it does not work. Um, people will just rise up harder, especially if you have a, a strong-willed kid. Um, and and it's just such beauty and growth. Like I, most of the time, like I'll give you an example of what I mean by the mirror. So back back in the day when we used to do like the external controls and punishment with Stella, we'd make her go into timeout, which is like the classic, you know, everyone knows how to do that. And we would say with like a super angry tone, like you go to timeout and you think about it. And Terry and I still laugh to this day because we remember when she started looking at us and going, you think about it. And the way we said it, oh, yeah. it was like the exact same tone we used. Yeah. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I remember the day where I was like, is that what I sound like? And then I hear it all the time now. Like um, I, I pick it up because I teach this stuff. I'm like, oh shoot, I got to change the way I say that. Like she'll say, She'll sell it now at 12. If I'm like, I, cause I try really hard to like never talk badly about anyone, but I'm human. So sometimes I'll be like, they're just really interesting. I mean, the way they, the way they, mm. and, and then I hear her like a few days or she'll be like, I don't know. My friend in class, like, she's just interesting. And I'm like, oh no. I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> oh, so, it, it's just this beautiful awareness that you're like, okay, thanks for pointing that out, God. Like I'm I don't I don't want to do that. I don't want to act like that. I don't want to say that. I don't want to use a tone with my children. I don't want to have an attitude because they will just mimic you. Like it's, it's there's so much. Like mm-hmm. I know there's a small percentage of of things that happen with our kids that are out of the blue and you're like, gosh, I don't know where they got it from or why they're saying that or why they're doing that. But in my experience, helping thousands and thousands of families, most of the time, it's, um, they're like our little apples. The apple doesn't fall far. It's like, they just are our mini me's. So 
it's like looking in the mirror. And the more you can do that with self-love and compassion and grace and just as an invitation to step into learning, um, because like uh, thinking that you're a bad parent or feeling guilty or feeling shameful or blaming your own parents, like none of that, there's no, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So it doesn't help either. either. (laughs) Yeah. We we teach our kids some stuff that we got to undo and that's life, you know, just, just create the change, be the change. Hmm. I love so many of the things that you said today, Wendy, and um, I do want to start wrapping up. And so if you have any thoughts you want to share with moms, most of the moms who listen to our podcast, I would say there are outliers, but I would say mostly have kids under 10 and um, many of them have more than one child. And so uh, just wanted to give you an opportunity to pass along any advice or wisdom or encouragement that you would give to moms in that space. And while you're thinking about that, I just wanted to say uh, something that has helped me in this process of, um, I would have described it the same way that you have with the mirroring, although I do see that and I love that description, um, that for me, trying to accomplish kindness in the kind of pressurized situations with my kids has been a challenge. (laughs) Um, And so if I can't go all the way to kindness, I have really tried to just choose gentleness, that a gentle response or a gentle um, way of of reacting to what is the situation is a good first step for me. Um, I do strive for kindness, um, but just... uh, as a, as a way of immediately stopping the habits that are not serving our families, that just um, the, the pause, I, I think you said this a little bit earlier about having a pause button or a heart connector, something that um, kind of just softens the interactions. Um, that is something that has really helped me a lot with my big crew. And so um, what, what would you like to say to our mamas that are listening um, as we wrap up? Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. Everybody who has taken this half hour to push play and, and listen to my story. And I just invite everybody to come into learning with me. I have so many opportunities to do free learning with me. I have my husband and I have a podcast. It's called the Fresh Start Family Show. And we have weekly episodes and um, that podcast is just so encouraging and will give you so much free positive parenting um, coaching and curriculum tips. Um, So make sure you subscribe to that on iTunes. And then also, like I said, grab that free guide available on the homepage of freshstartfamilyonline.com. And so I can keep in touch with you and let you know when I have big events. I do, like I said, so many free events throughout the year. I think that's that's it. Just step into learning and and stay in community. Community is so huge. Like you are never, ever alone. Like technology and and the internet and social media, there's a lot of downsides to it, (laughs) but there's so much goodness to it. Like being able to find wonderful podcasts like you girls have and our family's podcast and then the online programs I have and the Facebook communities like I have. And it's just, there's so much out there. Don't ever, ever allow yourself to listen to the lie that you are alone in your troubles because I promise you 
seven out of 10 people on your block with young children are going through the same exact thing. Your kids are not broken. You are not broken. Um, challenges and mistakes are just part of life. And you really can learn how to make them opportunities for learning and connection versus things that just destroy your days and, and make you um, anxious and, and just filled with despair. So just stay in learning and come over to freshstartfamilyonline.com. We'd love to support you.